Valentine's Day spenders are expected to spend at least $22 billion this year. I said billion. Last year it was even higher, but it's been affected by the economy. But what year and was the first Valentine's commercial card sold to be sent to your 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 loved one or whatever? Okay. And I kept seeing that phrase, St. Valentine's, and then I thought, where have I seen that before? Oh, it's something that usually pops up at this time of year. There is a thing called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. I want you to tell me when it happened and who were the combatants. There is a massacre. Somebody gets killed. But who was who was the who were the the two two sides? Okay. And when did it happen? And where did it happen? Tell me what you know about it. That will get you in the door. That's the trivia question. All right. Now here's a question that's sort of left over from the last season. I was going to ask this question about six weeks ago, right before Christmas or about the time of Christmas. What is a Hess truck? What is a Hess truck? H-E-S-S. I did not know. I got to be a grown man, an adult. In fact, old enough to be a grandfather and didn't know what a Hess truck was until I saw one of my friends. I went to his house and he was coming across the street with a big box and he told me it was a Hess truck that his granddaughter wanted. And so the, the guy who did this is a real person. He's been on this program as a guest within the last month. But I forgot to a- ask this question. And by the way, this will be meaningful. They are still available, apparently. And you'll, if you know anything about Hess Trucks, you'll know why that is a valid assertion to make. 919-860-WPTF. Last week we started, I'll do one more, and then we'll take some calls. So you, you need to be pushing those numbers, though. 919, our area code, 860-9783. What is a Hess Truck? Who were the combatants in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? When did Hallmark sell its first commercial card to be sent to your sweetie? And uh, when was the, as far as one that they have evidence of, they have it in hand, the first Valentine's card, or what could be called a Valentine's card, sent. That's a real piece of history right there. And we started last week. I tell you the vice president, you tell me the president. And we do these in threes usually because that, that makes it a little harder but it also uh, makes it possible to do. So I'm going to tell you three vice presidents. You tell me who their respective presidents were. Uh, One is, these are three together now, Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, who was his president. Dan Quayle, who was his president. And uh, let's see, Walter Mondale, who was his president. There are three right there. There's bound to be something in there in this that you know the answer to. So there's the challenge for you. 919-860-WPTF. Brittany, is, do we have any callers? No, not yet, Tom. Did I call you the right thing? Did I say your name right? Yes, Brittany. I'm, I'm, my mind is sometimes not functioning these days, but I know where it is. It's a peninsula that's a part of France, right? Did you know that? No, I didn't. Okay, you'll have to go there someday. It's pretty close to where D-Day took place, so it'll be a good tour for you. That's something we'll discuss on another night. We'll have you as a guest, and we can talk about what, who and what Brittany is. But uh, there are some questions, and what we need from you is an answer here. 919-860-WPTF. Uh, what is a Hess truck? I'm going to give you three vice presidents, Walter Mondale, Dan Quayle, and Theodore Roosevelt. You need to tell me there are three presidents, and there were three presidents. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre is a, uh, uh, like... Uh, Custer's Last Stand, and, and uh, 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 bury me not at Wounded Knee, and uh, 
whatever is a great piece of the Boston Massacre. There's another massacre for you. But what we're looking for is the same Valentine's Day massacre. What was that all about? Who were the combatants and who won? When did it take place and where did it take place? 919-860-WPTF. We're going to pause right now and take a break. At WPTF, it's 915. Friday night, February the 12th, 2021. Tom Kearney here with the Tom Kearney Show, last edition for this week, and uh, we're glad to have you with us. We're playing Potpourri Trivia, and we've got a bunch of questions out there now. And uh, we have uh, a couple of three callers, and I ask them to be patient. We'll get to all of them, and we'll get to you if you dial us up at 919-860-WPTF. Anthony from Broadway. Anthony, good evening. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing fine, Anthony. I hope you are. I am doing real good. Trying to stay dry this weekend. Now. I'm trying to stay dry and warm. And warm, yes. That's that's that's, that's what we hope we've got going for us. And we hope we don't have too much. Uh, well, the worst one of all those things that they can tell you when they say a wintry mix is freezing rain. That's the worst one. Because so, the other that's ones it. go The other ones kind of go away, you know, down the drain, so to speak. But... Uh, Freezing rain it grabs them trees and them lines, and well, let's let's not let's not even think about that. Which one of these questions did you know? I know the answer, and I always like it when you call because you usually know the answer and you usually provide some brief good conversation. So, which one are you going well, to? Well, I want to do the uh, vice presidents and presidents. Oh, that was being the, the old history teacher. Theodore <laughs> Roosevelt was vice president under William McKinley. Right, you can see there's a little bit of a trick in that. Uh, it really shouldn't be, but he, he, uh, as a result of being vice president under William McKinley, got to be president. He did. Uh, William McKinley was, uh, I believe, shot in Buffalo, New York. Right. And uh, he lived a few days, but um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt then became president and served out McKinley's term and then ran a term on his own right and uh, won again, and uh, he retired from the business in, I believe, 1909, and he went on an excursion to Africa. So he, liked to is, kill, uh, he liked to kill things. He liked to kill what? things. And, and, right. and, of course, he came back, and he was irritated that his hand-picked successor, William Howard Taft, had not done what he wanted done, so he chose to run against him in 1912, and that was the... He invented the Bull Moose Party, and uh, but he uh, what he did was split the Republican Party, and that got Woodrow Wilson elected to president. But you're an old teacher, and you know if you're going to teach and be reasonably entertaining, you've got to have a few good stories, right? That's true. Well, one of um, the things that I, I hold on now, one of the things I like about Roosevelt is they had they had put him on the old line Republicans had put him on the ticket to get it. He was a re- reformer, and that. That bugged them a little bit. They didn't want him running loose trying to change things. So they got him on the ticket as vice president, which usually is a you know a little bit of political death. But it, but McKinley got shot, and one of the the big wigs reportedly said, "Now that blank cowboy is president." Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one other thing, there the Roosevelt family, himself and his daughter, uh, have produced uh, two things that their name lives on. Uh, can you think of uh, this? You might know this. What, what lives on? Uh, what do you know? What I'm talking about? Well, is one of them uh, like a Roosevelt Park or something? Well, no. One of them uh, is uh, 
uh, Roosevelt is uh, supposed to have uh, passed on a chance to, to shoot a, a bear. What they had done is the people, they wanted it to be fair. I, I've heard of this happening in modern times. They they chained the bear so all he would have to do is shoot him, you know. Uh, but uh, he he neglected, he he refused to shoot the bear, particularly he, he might have shot him if he was free and loose and everything, but he refused. And so the little bears that were, were being made as toys then by people like the Stife people in Germany and so on were called teddy bears right. after the president. And Roosevelt's daughter, I'm teaching a history lesson, I'm showing off is what I'm doing, uh, was a piece of work is what you would call her, and, and I'll leave it at that. But she she went to a big ball one year in a, a, a ball gown that was blue, uh, in, a, in a color, a shade of blue that was not common, and they called it Alice, her Alice Blue Gown. And so uh, after, forever after that, that particular color was called uh, Alice Blue Gown, and there's a, there's a song called Sweet Alice Blue. So there there it is. You can you can entertain those at the next cocktail party you go to. Don't worry, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just having a little fun tonight. I, I'm a um, now, the other vice president uh, you had was uh, Dan Quayle. He was yep. under George H.W. Bush. There you go. And he Famous got into for... trouble in right. a spelling uh, situation, and I think he added a E to potato, and, of course, they uh, made fun of him, and that was pretty much the end of Dan Quayle's uh, political aspirations. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was from Indiana, I think. I think he was. I was wondering the other day what happened to Dan Quill. He did get into one other fracas, though. Uh, he, uh, uh, Murphy Brown, the TV show was on then, and Murphy was with Child, if you know what I mean. And yes, exactly. He, he chose, this is one of those cases when he should have just kept his mouth shut. Uh, he chose to comment on the fact that she was a bad example uh, for American womanhood because she was not uh, wed at this particular time. And... Uh, and uh, it kind of created right, right much of a fracas. But I, I gathered that more people were on Murphy's side than were on Dan's side. But in any event, he he served one term as George Herbert Walker Bush's vice president. And he was from, as you said, the Hoosier state of Indiana. Right. The well, last one is uh, Walter Mondale. He was under Jimmy Carter. There you go. You got it exactly. Very good. And Walter Mondale ran for president in 1984 with... Uh, the first female to run for vice president as Geraldine Ferraro, but uh, he ran into a situation with Reagan, and they they said something in one of these debates. Uh, Reagan says, "Well, I'm not going to exploit my youth's inexperience," and uh, of course Reagan was like uh, uh, trying to get in his second term. I think he was in his uh, late seventies at the time, so. Anyway, everybody laughed at that. Even Mondale laughed at it. <laughs> well, it were it were interesting times, indeed it was. But uh, well, thank you. We've got a couple other people waiting, so we will ride into the sunset. But you be careful this weekend. Keep watch out for that black ice if you go out. All right, you have a good one and uh, stay warm and dry. I'll try. Thank you. That's a member of our radio fam- family, Anthony from Broadway, and we've got another one there. Uh, Brittany, can we have Mark now, and then we'll take Todd. Mark, good evening. You're on WPTF. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm fine. How are you tonight? Doing good, thanks. Trying to stay dry out here. Well, uh, that's uh, 
advice I gave your predecessor, and I'll give it to you, and, and I'm going to try to do the same. Which one of the questions are you going to latch on to? Uh, about the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Okay. Tell and me about uh, that, that occurred in Chicago. Uh, it's, uh, the victims were uh, members of what they called the North Side Gang, which were under uh, Bugs Moran. Bugs Moran was a, uh, a rival of Al Capone, and uh, I don't think anyone was ever brought to justice for it or arrested for it, but I guess it was always assumed that it was Al Capone's men uh, dressed as, as policemen that did it. Uh, they uh, somehow got him in a garage, I believe, and uh, shot him up against a brick wall. Because I know that uh, years and years later, uh, some guy uh, bought the bricks from that garage and had it in a restaurant. And then I believe he auctioned off the bricks individually to uh, people who, you know, collect uh, crime memorabilia. And then whatever ones he had left are now in, on display in a uh, some type of crime or mob museum, I think, uh, that's out in Las Vegas. So I don't know if they've, you know, reassembled the wall or what, or you know, whatnot. I haven't seen it, but I hear you can still see the bullet holes, you know, probably these oh. Thomas guns on them. Interesting. You're right. I'll just add a couple of things. Uh, try not to show off as much as I was showing off. It, they 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 got them to line up against the wall, and they really thought it was kind of a joke because the four mm -hmm. guys who were a member of Scarface's crew uh, dressed up as policemen, and and were, were, you know they thought that well they will you know we'll get rid of these guys. And well, they all these guys had Tommy guns under their coats, and so uh, well you get the drift of this. Uh, Right, and, and they and and I'm I think they're pretty sure, uh, you know, uh, that uh, it was uh, it was Al Capone's people, and you you hit it right on the head. They were doing battle for control of the uh, non-alcoholic uh, or the alcoholic beverage trade in in Chicago, and uh, there's a pretty good movie uh, that's kind of like a documentary, and I'm trying to think of the guy. Who's in it? Uh, but I, I've seen it, and they—it's one of those where they run a clock, you know, on the side, and mm -hmm. sort of take you through it, just like it was happening. And, I see. And uh, I've always found it. You may have seen it. It's, uh, uh, it seems like uh, I recall some type of series like that, but not that particular incident. Yeah, uh, I'm going to think of the actor's name. His first name is George, mm -hmm. uh, and he was—he was in the TV program Just Shoot Me. But I replaced a banjo. We'll—we'll we'll either think of it or somebody will tell us, but. Uh, thank you for you. You've got the story down, and thank maybe you. you'll make it to Vegas and can go to the museum. Yeah, I'd like to see it one day. I think that would be interesting. Take care, Mark. Thank you. Have a good night. Stay dry. And Mark, like the rest of us, is trying to stay dry. Let me look at this clock here. We've only got about a minute left here. Uh, well, we'll start with our our friend uh, and say good evening. Can we make it in a minute? Good evening, right. Tom. Hey, can we do it in a minute? I don't know because ain't about it is it's like that uh, the two previous callers completely stole my thunder. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I need to make my my time for the the break for the news here. So what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, you you're you're familiar with our operation. I'm going to give you, and it's an appropriate thing, a rain check. And you you just go away and uh, come back when you when you recognize another one that you you may know that's before somebody steals your thunder. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, that's Todd, who is a member of our radio family, and that worked out just fine. Tom Kearney here. This is the Tom Kearney Show for Friday night, February 12th, 2021, and we are doing potpourri trivia tonight. We're going to pause now and check the news, and right after that, we'll be back.
to the side of WPTF, Tom Kearney with the Tom Kearney Show on AM 680 and FM 98.5. Be sure to set one button on the AM level for it on your car and one button on the FM level at 98.5. Speaking of cars, I think I should, at least at this point, since I haven't done it for a while, say some things about my friends at the place that that worked on my car this week. Uh, Recently, I've gotten... They're about two months apart in getting uh, the uh, designations that they have to be inspected, and I have to buy a new license plate, and I have to pay my county taxes and so on. But uh, I got one done around uh, the 1st of January, and I got the the other one done this week, and it had some more serious things that needed to be done. So I took it, and and if you've listened to the program, you know that I really do take my cars to, to King's Auto which is on at 1039 Northwest Street near downtown Raleigh. And when when uh, Mrs. Kearney and I are quarantined here and are not going many places, it seemed like a good time, and I'm, I could recommend it to you to, to get those things done. But it required me starting a little early, making an appointment, and, and uh, trying to find a day when they could take the car and, and so on. But I was able to do it, and I ended up having to get a new battery and get some brake work done. But I'm one of those people who believes in, uh, planning ahead and uh, keeping your car in an operating shape. When I was young, my dad never did that, and I swore that when I grew up to be a grown-up man that I would uh, have a car that when I turned the ignition switch, it would work, and it would work properly. And so far, with the help of King's Auto, I've been able to do that. And I'm a person who really uh, likes to have somebody that I can count on where I can go and just leave the car and, and just not think about it anymore. And uh, uh, do a little preemptive servicing and do it regularly and so on. And so that's what happened, and I'm going to commend it to you. They do American cars, European cars, and Asian cars, and I can, uh, because I walk the walk with them and talk the talk with them, recommend them without reservation. That's King's Auto. I think they're the oldest garage in Raleigh still in business, going back to 1946. They're at 1039 Northwest Street, and as I say, I can commend them to you without reservation. Uh, what are the presidents that go with Hubert Humphrey, George H.W. Bush, and Richard Nixon? I did ask what a Hess truck is. Didn't know myself until about five or eight years ago, and uh, I've learned that it's probably good that I didn't know because I would have probably wanted to get in on it. But, but uh, maybe if you can tell me, you can have a little conversation about what a Hess truck is. And you can still get them. I found that out in doing a little research on them. Uh, a question that I thought of while I was sitting in my brown chair today with my eyes closed, and I want to see, we like to have geography questions. Uh, what I would like to know, there are, I believe, uh, I had it all counted out there now, but uh, what is the, the tallest uh, mountain on the North American continent, the South American continent, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Australia? What is, there are six here. There are actually seven because the Antarctica is a continent, but I'm going to leave it out this time because they're, well, it's way down there and they're covered by ice and there are not too many people there. But what are the tallest mountains in the four continents, Asia, Africa, Europe, South America, North America, and Australia? And if you think, oh, well, I can't get them all, well, get the ones you can and we'll build on it. Well, there's somebody else out there that, that can be your partner and, and come through. 919. 919- 860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. I looked this one up because it, it sort of fascinated me. Uh, 
we had a real bad, well, a lot of hurricanes this past hurricane season. There have been five hurricanes that have struck the the, the continental United States, the, the low, basically the lower 48, that were classified as the highest level, that is level five. Now, uh, uh, there there are five that were that at the time they made landfall. Okay, that's the important thing at the time they made landfall. What I want to know is what were the names of the five? Well, actually, only three of them have names because two of them came along before they named hurricanes. But maybe you can give me the date. I woke up in the middle of the night the other night and was watching a documentary on one of these uh, that has a name. And it's my favorite hurricane. Can a person have a favorite hurricane? And what I discovered one time, because it was unusual because... Well, we have the same DNA. My brother and I have the same favorite hurricane. He chose his without any influence from me, and I chose mine. And it's because we both sort of like weather and meteorology. But what are the five? Two of them don't have names, but they have the year they occurred. And the other three have names. And they are the ones that were at level five, which is the highest level uh, when they made landfall. Okay? All right. There you go. And uh, I think we—that's we've got the geography question there. Nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Brittany, uh, do we have any callers? Yes, I have Todd from Seagrove. He's ready to cash in on that last question. Ah, good, good. Todd, you ready to cash in your your uh, meal? And not your meal ticket. What am I trying to say? Uh, uh, Anyway, uh, what you get when you go to the ball game and, and, and it rains? Rain check. Exactly. Exactly. I got it. Finally, I got something to tax me. I've been, <laughs> I've been close a lot lately, but not exactly. <laughs> Which one are you going to take? Well, I'm going to go for the this latest set of the vice presidents and who the presidents were. Okay, go for it. All right. Well, Hubert Humphrey was the vice president to Lyndon B. Johnson. Right. Uh, George H.W. Bush was the vice president to Ronald Reagan. Uh, yes, he was. That's right. right. You know what's and, interesting about him is he and, served. Uh, um, Richard Nixon was the vice president to Dwight Eisenhower. Okay. Well, now you got to stay for a couple of minutes because we need to use up a little time here All right. uh, with something that's interesting. It can't just be using up time. But uh, the uh, uh, Nixon was the vice president. He almost didn't get to be vice president. He almost did something that got him kicked off the ticket, but he. He, he had a Hail Mary. and Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, no, I haven't heard this. Uh, he made a speech in 1953. He had, he had uh, uh, done, I think he, he, he'd accepted a gift. It might have looked like a bribe. And, and the other party or whoever didn't like Richard Nixon, and there were people who didn't like him, uh, attacked him for accepting this gift. And he went on television. This is one of the first times when a guy went on television and pulled his mess out with a, with a, with a with a speech that won won the crowd over. And I want to know if you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. Okay. Well, we're not going. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to listen, and somebody else will. It has a name. You can identify it in history when you you could say when Richard Nixon did this, and it has a particular name. People will know what you're talking about. He saved his butt, and so. We're going to leave that out there to see if anybody can answer it. But I'm glad you used your rain check, uh, and you did get all three of them right. And 
So there we are, and I hope you can stay dry this weekend, and I hope you will stay around until 10 o'clock to see if we can get the right answer on uh, what this particular uh, action was that saved Richard Nixon. It's something that made it sort of made him famous and saved him at the same time. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Todd, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Take care. All right. Thank you. Take care, Tom. Okay. 919-860-9783. There's a, uh, we reserve the right to add questions uh, that are tangential to the to the first line, and that's a question. Uh, Richard Nixon, uh, president, was Dwight David Eisenhower, and uh, Nixon had gotten himself on the ticket by being a part of uh, the House Un-American Activities, the, the commie hunters uh, in the late uh, 1940s and made him popular, and he'd won a seat in the California legislature, and he, he was a recognizable name because of that activity, and he got himself on the ticket. And then it was revealed that he had, he had accepted a gift. If I, actually, his daughters. I think he accepted it, and he had two little girls, and he accepted the gift in the name of the two little girls. But that's what he talked about, and it saved him. And if you know the answer to that, you should call 919 860 WPTF. What is a Hess truck? What are the tallest mountains on the six continents, excluding Antarctica? That is South America, North America, Europe, Asia, and Africa, and Australia. What are the tallest mountains? And uh, dial us up 919-860-WPTF. We'll be back. We've got some time left, and I just gave you a whole bunch of questions uh, before we went away. And I know that Henry's waiting. Henry will be with you in just a moment. But I'm going to throw one more uh, geographical set of questions out there, along with the tallest mountains uh, in uh, on each continent. What is the tallest mountain in North America, South America, Australia, Africa, Europe, and Asia? You ought to get the Asian one for sure, I mean, without any trouble. But here are three states. I want to tell you three states. I want you to, if you, if you need one that's easy, tell me the capitals of, uh, of these three states. The, the states are Texas, Mississippi, and New Hampshire. Tell me the capitals of those three states. You can look them up now. If you've tuned in late and you missed the admonition that you could not look things up in the beginning, you have, that's important. You have to pull this out of your head. Texas, Mississippi. And New Hampshire. What is a Hess truck? What was the first Valentine's card that they still have the card? And what year did Hallmark send or start selling the first commercial greeting cards for Valentine's? Henry, how are you tonight? You are, sir. Pardon me? I hope you are, sir. I'm fine. I'm fine. It, you were clipped at the beginning, and I wanted to make sure what I was replying to. <laughs> but, okay, uh, I got I'm, you. I'm fine. Uh, which one's on your mind tonight? Uh, the Nixon, Richard Nixon speech, um, I believe it was called the Checkers speech because it was named for a little pet dog. Right. Yep, the, the dog was given to Nixon, whose children were very young then. Of course, they, they grew up, and I think both of them married successfully. I know I, I'm, I always like to ask a few questions to create maybe a little dialogue here between us. One of his daughters married uh, a descendant of a very famous man, and he sort of became famous himself. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, the younger daughter married the grandson of uh, General Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. 
the plants uh, and and uh, flowers of Valentine's Day, or we were all talking, not all three of us at one time, but talking about a book uh, about uh, uh, Alexander von Hum- Humboldt, one of the creators. I think the, the subtitle to the book is The Creator of Nature, a man who affected uh, anybody who studied nature a lot, including uh, Darwin and, and our own Henry David Thoreau. And I thought, well, I started looking up this and found out that he had, uh, von Humboldt had uh, climbed one of the highest mountains in South America, thinking it was the tallest, but indeed it, he was 6,000 feet short of the tallest, which is, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you what the name of it is. If I'm, if I'm not careful, I'll give the whole thing away now. 919 we're out of time, and Jim Croce should be waltzing on the stage now with his guitar to do our signature song, and uh, it's uh, the reason for coming out here on Friday night so I can hear this song. We'll talk to you again on Monday night when we, we feature something about Abraham Lincoln.